podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Hi folks, Tino here at the Celtic Exchange and welcome to Celtic Relived. Celtic Relived is a mini-series where we'll be bringing you the inside story of some of Celtic's biggest games in modern history as told by the players and figures who were there on the big occasion. Today myself and Miff are delighted to be joined by one of the key players from Celtic's unforgettable centenary season and Billy Stark as well as current editor of the Celtic View, Paul Cuddehy. Billy, I'll come to you first. We're now approaching 34 years since that Centenary Year Cup final on May 14th, 1988. Are the memories from that time still as special as ever? Very fresh, yeah. Uh, especially when Celtic supporters come up to talk to you about it. So uh, it's been refreshed over the years and uh, a very special memory, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Is it something you get asked about frequently? Uh, well, fun enough, uh, the soonest tackle is up there as well. <laughs> oh. uh, so... Uh, aye, that was obviously an, uh, a, an old firm game at uh, Celtic Park earlier on in the, that season, but the cup final. Did you have your boot off at the time he tackled I did, you? I did. Aye. Uh, I, I slid into a tackle just before that and then Granty passed it to me. <laughs> I had my boot in my hand actually and uh, I think I laid it off to Paul or something and I, I saw him coming, uh, which was helpful because <laughs> if I'd my weight planted on the, the leg, it yeah. would have been far more serious, but it was okay. You've got to ask what Peter Grant's thinking of giving it to a guy with one boot on <laughs> and one boot off. Well, granted, getting an accurate pass to anybody <laughs> was uh, was a result. So, yeah. no, granted, was a great, great player and a great boy for us. My first uh, encounter with Tommy Burns mm. was uh, playing against him directly. Tom was left midfield, I was right midfield. And I used to work from sort of byline to byline, or penalty box to penalty box. Whereas Tam knew there was a bit of uh, leeway there. He would just sit out, the ball would break, and I would end up chasing him <laughs> up, fully up the park. So uh, that was my first memory of Tam. Yeah. And was that where it all started? The kind of maybe mutual respect on the park, and obviously the. Ah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. I think I think that does. You, 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 there's certain opponents that you do have real respect for in terms of the way they play the game, no, no least their ability. Uh, but that that sort of competition against them uh, was, uh, the, as I say, the first sort of encounter with them. But we went on to sort of forge a, a good relationship uh, further on. And I'm sure it's something you've you've been asked over the years. But could you tell at that time, early bells, St Mirren, if not at Aberdeen, that Ferguson was going to go into something special? Well, I think I think as a young lad, you don't really figure out those things. If I'm if I'm honest, but uh, the one thing I will say is that the, the, the there was a drive and a an ambition there that, that I've never seen in anybody else. And uh, and so from that point of view, you know, you obviously need talent and ability as a manager to to survive. And he over the period of time deserves great credit because he went from dealing with part-time players at St Mirren to dealing with millionaires at uh, Manchester United and it's a very, very different scenario that uh, he, he ruled by fear uh, at St Mirren and Aberdeen and yeah. uh, then, then he sort of uh, tailored his ways at, at Manchester United although I still believe he was uh, prone to a, a hairdryer treatment I think Beckham took a a bit to the, the eye at one point and different things, didn't it? Absolutely. A flying yeah. bit. Actually, Beckham wasn't the first one. I, 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 <laughs> I used to sit in the corner at, at St Mern. And it actually was a League Cup tie against Celtic, uh, which we we lost 3-1, I think. And Celtic got a free kick in their own half of the pitch. And I turned 
just to sort of jog back into position. Played the ball over my head, can't remember who it was, but I think it was wee Bobby. Squared it for Johnny Doyle or the other way about, and he scored. And he went mental at me. And I never ever turned my back on the ball for the rest of my career. But that day, after the game, I, I sat in the corner. I think we were number eight. Sat in the corner, and I, I got a boot <laughs> right in the, the barnet. So uh, <laughs> there wasn't any stitches to talk over enough. But uh, obviously, it was just it was just practicing for his, uh, his shot at Beckham. <laughs> That's it. Uh, lessons learned, I'm sure. Um, so you've then moved to Celtic, uh, Billy, and Billy McNeil, he's made you his first signing, as mentioned, ahead of the 1987-88 the season. What did it feel like at that time to be signing you know, for the club at such an important time in their history, and how did the move all come about? I think the first thing to say is that, uh, you know, having had reasonable success, uh, even with St Mern, getting first division in the Anglo-Scottish Cup, that type of thing, but the, the real domestic honours following with Aberdeen, uh, at that point, I was 30 years old, I had made up my mind, Alec Ferguson left the previous November and Ian Porterfield came in and I told him I wanted to move, my contract was up at the end of the season, I wanted to move back down to the west of Scotland and Harps had been on the phone uh, with a view to signing for them and then uh, my my wife's parents stayed in Bayliston and she was down the road with them and they got a call from somebody called John Kelman and uh, that sort of twigged with me that it was Big Billy's chief scout, John, God rest him. And uh, so they said they would phone back, so they did. And of course it was Big Billy. He was just using John's name. Uh, so invited me into Celtic Park and a matter of minutes to agree. At my stage, aware of the special year that it was for Celtic, it was it was an absolute honour, but, but a great slice of luck to, to swan in there for the centenary season. Billy, you mentioned how lucky you were to be signing at that time, centenary year, huge expectation, but with that comes a lot of pressure. Did you feel that pressure at the time? I've often thought about that. I don't I don't think so. I mean, there's the pressure of playing for Celtic. I mean, the closest to that would be playing for Fergie at whatever club, the demands that he put on you, but obviously Celtic need to win every game. So I was well known, well versed in that, but the, the pressure thing... No, I don't feel under particular pressure. And I think the main reason for that is Billy McNeil. Uh, and I think just what we've been talking about, the number of players that he lost, there's nobody, but nobody could have turned that season into what it became <laughs> other than Big Billy. His charisma, his presence, his legendary status and his personality. He, he was just he just did everything and, uh, and he, he kept us going. So the, the pressure thing, I think, was eased by the fact that very suddenly... We all came together and, and seemed to sort of gel as a group. And there goes the final whistle. The double for Celtic. A quite astonishing ending. Thanks for listening to the opening minutes of this very special episode of Celtic Relived with Billy Stark. Join the Celtic Exchange Plus to listen to the full episode with Billy, where he shares his memories of Celtic's historic double-winning centenary season. From scoring the winner on his old firm debut, his special relationship with Tommy Burns, to that memorable Scottish Cup final win over Dundee United at a sun-kissed Hamden on the 14th of May 1988. Simply visit the CelticExchange.supercast.com now to sign up and to receive your free seven-day trial. After you've signed up, you'll receive an email with some very simple instructions showing you how to then listen to this episode in full on your podcast player of choice, such as Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts. 
The full episode with Billy is available for you at the Celtic Exchange Plus now, alongside our complete range of additional Celtic podcast shows. Please email any questions to support at theCelticExchange.com. Otherwise, we'll see you at the Celtic Exchange Plus very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.